0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever episode of Real Time Sports Podcast. I am your host, Dominic Carella. This is a really exciting day for me, as I've uh, wanted to do this for a long time. I've been working on launching this podcast for quite some time now, you know, building up the Instagram page, getting the software on my computer, getting a microphone to record and stuff, launching the Spotify so it's easily accessible for all my viewers, and um, Many of my friends and family know that I have a true love and passion for sports, specifically the MLB, the NHL, the NFL, the UFC, and even the NBA. Those are going to be the main five topics that we focus on here, as it is becoming an exciting time for MLB as we're in the last 50 to 60 game push here for October, and uh, NFL preseason is right around the corner. Hall of Fame game just happened. Not sure how many viewers we had for that, but it was still football. Exciting to see the guys out on the field. And, uh, let me give a little quick introduction about myself. So I am a senior journalism major at Quinnipiac university or sports studies minor. And, uh, after college, I hope to work in the MLB, uh, reporting for a team, whether it be on the field or off the field in the broadcast booth, whatever it may be, as I really live and breathe baseball. That is my strong suit. That is my knowledge. So we're going to be talking a lot about that here. And, uh, really that's it i have a lot of plans to have some former uh high school teammates on here with me who are currently playing college baseball now some former coaches of mine some uh college hockey players that i have club hockey players uh we're, we're gonna have a lot of guests on here it's gonna be an exciting time i hope you guys enjoy it i'm looking forward to it i hope you guys stick with me and uh, this is the beginning of a long journey so Today on the schedule, we're going to be talking a lot about the MLB power rankings that I have right now, some trade deadline notes, we're going to talk about uh, Yankee surgeon, Blue Jay surgeon, the Giants are still somehow the best team in baseball, the Mets are falling off the cliff right now, the Red Sox falling off the cliff right now, uh, what's next for Conor McGregor, Westbrook to the Lakers, Kemba to the Knicks, uh, we're going to rank the, my top 10 quarterbacks going into the NFL season. And I'm going to give you my picks for AL, NL, MVP, and my Cy Young picks right now. So, let's get right on into it, guys. So, first I want to start with my MLB Power Rankings, why I have these teams here. And this is all post-trade deadline. This is up to date and stuff as of uh, August 11th. So, starting from the top, the number one team in baseball, the San Francisco Giants. Dave Kapler's San Francisco Giants. Did anyone have this coming, guys? No one had this coming. Everyone had the Giants being third, fourth in that division this year, and they're currently leading the way and leading baseball with 72 wins. They're 36 and 17 at home, 36 and 24 on the road. They have 131 run differential. Their pitching staff has become unbelievable. Um, they have learned how to manage Buster Posey to play him every day, every other day, every two days, keep him fresh. He's hitting above 300. Kevin Gaussman looked himself in the mirror and saw him all himself. He's pitching to a Cy Young kind of year now. And uh, they're leading the Juggernaut Pack by four games in the NL West now. Leading the eight-time... The Dodgers have won that division eight straight years. And they're looking to break that curse. Number two on my power rankings. Just mentioned them. Los Angeles Dodgers. What a trade deadline it was for them. There's news reporting that the Padres are on the brink of acquiring Max Scherzer. It's basically all but a done deal. Uh, Fernando Tatis is having an MVP year with Jacob deGrom going down. He became the favorite in Vegas. And uh, they go out and steal Max Scherzer from them and Trey Turner. So the Dodgers now, the interesting question that I have is, are the Dodgers going to let Corey Seager walk at the end of the year? I I look at it as Corey Seager has been hurt this year. He broke his hand early in the year. His production's been a little lackluster since coming back, but you know that'll work. That'll go away as he knocks off the rust, but more at bats every day, so on and so forth. But the Dodgers have Gavin Lux, as we know. So my vision is the Dodgers are going to roll over Turner back to his original position of shortstop because he's going to play second base for, for the rest of this year with Seager there. And then they're going to plug Gavin Lux back in at second base. They're going to go out and use the Trevor Bauer money, which is probably going to get wrote off, and they're going to sign Scherzer their rotation next year is going to consist of Scherzer, Bueller, Kershaw, Urias, and Dustin May coming back from Tommy John. And then Bauer will walk. They'll get that money back. They don't really need to fight in that shortstop market because, remember, we have Correa. We have Simeon. We have Turner. We have—oh, not Turner, sorry. Seager. We have Story. We have four elite shortstop guys in the shortstop market this year. And I don't think the Dodgers, to be honest with you, want to compete in that market. So the Dodgers are number two on my power rankings list right now, trailing the trailing the San Francisco Giants by four games right now. And they lead the second wild card spot by three games, so they're comfortable there. Um, the Dodgers will be in the playoffs, guys. That's the long story short of it. Um, whether they're playing a wild card game or not, that's the big question. Because let me ask you the question. If you're playing a one game one game wild card with you Darvish on the mound in Los Angeles, are you are you rolling out Cy Young favorite, Walker Bueller? Or are you rolling out veteran uh, who you just acquired, Max Scherzer, or, or are you turning to your your long tenured Dodger and Clayton Kershaw? It's it's going to be a tough decision for Dave Roberts. I think Kershaw's probably would be coming out of the bullpen in that game, and you're g- definitely going to see Bueller or Scherzer. But it's going to be an interesting decision if he makes the wrong decision. In the end of it, he's going to be under a lot of backlash and uh, a lot of questions swirling in that Dodgers front office. Anyway, moving on to number three. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they just continue to plug in players and succeed and be one of the top teams in baseball. 69-44, 125 run differential. The Tampa Bay Rays, guys, they won the pennant last year. They're unbelievable. They trade away Rich Hill, who is one of their best arms. Tyler Glass, since the sticky stuff crackdown comes down. Terrace's UCL, he's having Tommy John. Not going to pitch the rest of this year. Might not pitch all of next year. He might be returning in 2023, guys. Big big news there out of Tampa, and Randy Rosarana, Brandon Lau, um, huge bats for them. The Rays sell their pitching. Rich Hill gets shipped to the Mets. You know, the Rays, okay, the Rays, you think, maybe they're going to go after Berrios. Maybe they're going to go after Kyle Gibson from Texas. No. The Rays go out and acquire veteran Nelson Cruz to plug in at DH every day, and he has been raking for them. Huge at-bats, huge homers for them so far. The Rays can't push the wrong button. I give Kevin, Crash, Kevin Cash, excuse me, so much credit. You no, know, he is an unbelievable manager. The race front office is second to none. Their payroll is nothing either. They don't have the payroll of the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Mets. It's it's exceptional what they're doing over there. And my, I tip my cap to Kevin Cash in the race front office. Moving on to number four. I have the Chicago White Sox. Tony La Russa leading the White Sox to a commanding lead in the... Uh, NL, uh, the, excuse me, the AL Central. They have a ten and a half game lead on the Indians. You know the Indians were sellers at the deadline. They lost uh, Bieber. Jose Ramirez not the same. Fran Mill, not the same. They traded away Oscar Hernandez. Um, the White Sox are scary, guys. The White Sox know they have a lock on the division, and the trade deadline showed that they're not just playing to win the ALDS or the ALCS. They're playing to win a World Series. They had. An exceptional bullpen to begin with, top baseball, and they go out and acquire acquire Craig Kimbrell from the Chicago Cubs, crosstown trade there. So now you have Craig Krimble and Liam Hendricks who are back in that bullpen with with other other arms. I'm not uh, with other arms also to back them. Excuse me. And I wasn't a huge fan of the trade to be honest with you. Um, I think they gave up a lot, and I'm not sure if Krimble is. A product of sticky stuff crackdown, you know he was picked into a .47 ERA when the Cubs acquired, when the White Sox, excuse me, acquired him. Um, not a huge fan of it. Uh, I understand what they're doing. They're trying to add bullpen depth because in the postseason, Krimble or Hendricks, when there's nine outs in a ball game, you might be asked to get four from one and five from the other. So I see what they're doing there. I like it. I wasn't a fan of the trade itself, but I like the idea of what they're doing. They're adding bullpen depth, what you need in the playoffs. I understand what they're doing. Watch out for a poised White Sox run there, guys. Number five, the uh, Houston Astros. They're in a tight division race right now. They only hold a two-game lead in the AL West over the Oakland Athletics. Their uh, pitching concerns me. Valdez is their ace right now. No Verlander. Granke's not the same. Uh, Odorizzi is horrible. Every time he goes out there, he lets up first-inning run. Uh, Astros have a lot of questions for me, but it's undeniable they can hit the baseball. Uh, Jose Altuve, absolute stud. Correa, stud. Michael Brantley, one of the best hitters we've ever seen in the game of baseball. Dusty Baker has done a great job taking over that uh, franchise that has a lot of questions surrounding it, a lot of hatred for. Their fans are still passionate. They're hosting a. If they have home field advantage in the AL for the postseason, watch out. It's tough to play in Houston, guys. Number six, the Brew Crew. I love this baseball team. The Brewers go out and acquire Eduardo Escobar at the trade deadline. Absolute stud for them. Perfect what they need. Hater at the back of the bullpen. Pitching staff. Corbin Burns, Woodruff, uh, Freddie Peralta. They are unbelievable. The Brewers, I think, have... Listen to me, guys. I think they will have one of the better paths to the postseason. And hear me out. They're going to play... They're going to win their division. They have a seven-game lead over the Reds. So they're winning their division. And they're going to play the winner of... They're going to play the winner of the NL East. Which is going to be... The Phillies, the Braves, and the Mets. I think that without Jacob DeGrom, they have better pitching than all three of those teams. They have better bats than all those three, of those teams, and all three of those teams' bullpen is an absolute mess. Which is bullpen, bullpen, bullpen in the postseason. I think the Brewers sweep, if not win in four, in that five-game series in the NL, in the NLDS, and then go on. And I think they give either the Giants, whoever it is, the Giants, the Dodgers, or the Padres a lot of trouble in the NLCS, guys. The Brewers are a sneaky team this year. Watch out for them. Number seven, San Diego Padres. One of the, the arguably the most fun team to watch in baseball. Unfortunately, their stud shortstop, Fernando Tatis, is out with a shoulder injury. Um, not sure the severity of it. I know he was on the 10-day IL. They go out and acquire Adam Frazier. Adam Frazier. Don't really have a spot for him on defense, but he could play anywhere. So they've been sticking him in left field, and now with Tatis hurt, he could play his natural position of second base. They've rolled over Cronenworth to shortstop, but uh, Machado is having a great year. Uh, Cronenworth unbelievable year. Frazier leads the MLB in hits. Um, who else over there? Trent Grisham's having a pretty good year. Musgrove is having a great year on the bump. Udhars having a pretty good year. Blake Snell is horrible. Mark Melanson leads the team, leads the league in saves. Hosmer is mad, but he's been picking it up lately. He's got his average up to 275, and he hit a jack last night. So, uh, Padres, if they get Tatis back, I like their odds, guys. In a one-game wild card, I would not want to play them with Darvish on the mound. Um, they have a pretty good bullpen with Pomerantz and Melanton in the back end. They're a fun team. Uh, I don't see them going into Los Angeles and winning a one-game a one-game playoff game against the uh, Dodgers or the Giants, whoever it might be. I think the Padres are in a lot of trouble. I think they messed up not getting Scherzer. You know, if they have Scherzer against Bueller in a one game series, I like it. But uh, I think the Padres are slowly fading, guys. Unfortunately, I love watching them and stuff. But I don't think they're going to make a lot of noise this year. A lot of it depends on Tatis. If Tatis comes back and he's fully healthy, uh, I see it. But in my eyes, I think Tatis is going to need shoulder surgery. And uh, he needs a year to, uh, not a year, an offseason to heal and stuff. And then come back next year, revamp the pitching staff. And, uh, and then roll out and see if we can get the division. Next up, number eight on my list, I have the Oakland A's. Right now, the A's are only two games shy of the uh, the Astros, guys, for the division. You know, they're in a tight race. They lead. They hold the first wild card spot. so right now. They're hosting the wild card game. They're a one game lead over the Red Sox and two game lead over the Yankees. They go out and fill their center fielder hole with Starling Marte. I'm not a huge fan of him. I didn't think he fit a lot of teams. I think he. Fits the age perfect, you know. especially now at Ramon Laureano uh, testing positive for PADs. He will miss the remainder of the year in postseason. So that acquisition makes it a lot better and makes them look like geniuses in the uh, front office over there in Oakland. Number nine on my list, I have the New York Yankees. Uh, the Yankees are a different team, guys. Since the trade deadline, Brian Cashman goes out, acquires Anthony Rizzo, acquires Joey Gallo. You hear in the news the Yankees rolling out too many righties. Eight righties a game. Brett Gardner, the only everyday lefty, and he's hitting sub 200 right now. No power threat, nothing. Um, Anthony Rizzo has become a huge fan favorite over here in New York. Uh, Luke Voigt is slowly losing his spot. Uh, I mean, Anthony Rizzo's a platinum gold glove winner, guys. Uh, Joey Gallo, gold glove winner himself, playing left field for the Yankees now with Judge playing Right. Adds great balance. The Yankees lineup is so much more intimidating with LeMahieu leading off, Rizzo in the two hole, Judge in the three hole, Gallup four, Stanton five, etc. Uh, really, you add balance. You don't let a pitcher get comfortable on the rubber, seeing seven consecutive righties, and the one lefty you face is Brett Gardner. No, you gotta. It gives the manager something to think about. Now you gotta mix and match those lefties with the new rule of only having to face three batters. So it adds a good good, good dynamic. Excuse me. For the Yankees lineup now, and the Yankees bullpen seems to uh, figure it out a little bit. Chapman has kind of ended his struggles, but now he's on the DL, so it's kind of hard to see if he's consistent or not. Jonathan Loisica has hands down been the Yankees' best closer, uh, best reliever, I'm sorry, excuse me, out of left field out of nowhere. He used to give Yankee fans heart attacks when he used to come into games. He had no control, but. uh, the Yankees are in a good spot. They're poised for a postseason run. You know, they're not going to go away. They have a big series coming up here with the White Sox. Then they play the Red Sox. Uh, look out for the Yankees, guys. I think uh, once Garrett Cole comes back, Montgomery, Tyone, the Yankees got good pitching. Lou Severino and Corey Kluber right around the corner, too. And Domingo Herman started to throw this week. So the Yankees, uh, watch out for the Yankees, guys. I think they're going to catch the Red Sox or the A's here in the next coming weeks. And number 10, one of my favorite teams to watch now, the Toronto Blue Jays. Guys, this team is awesome. They go out and acquire Jose Berrios to already add to that rotation that they have Alex Manoa, Robbie Ray, Ryu, Berrios. Guys, they're scary. Vlad's having an MVP year. Uh, he's trying to hunt down Otani. I don't think he'll do it for MVP, but that goes without saying. I mean, Vlad's second in the league in home runs. Uh, he was chasing a triple crown for a little bit, and he kind of dipped in average after the All-Star break. But, uh, guys, the Blue Jays are scary, and they... Guys, I have a vision for the Blue Jays, and I think it would help them tremendously. Hear me out. I think at the end of this year, Mark, they have they are like the old Yankees. They have a lot of righties in that lineup. Bichio is really the only everyday lefty, and he doesn't really get at bats now with Simeon there. I think the Blue Jays should roll, after this season, they should roll Bichette over to second base, and they should let Simeon walk, and they should sign Corey Seager to a max deal and get that lefty in there. Imagine a lineup like this that leads off with George Springer, who's one of the best, if not the best, leadoff hitter in baseball, Corey Seager, and then Vlad. I'd make an argument that's the best top three in baseball, hands down. I mean, George Springer, I think he leads the league active players with like 44 leadoff home runs. It's unbelievable. And you get Vlad in the three spot with Corey Seager there, and then you have guys like Bachette, Teoscar Hernandez protecting him. Bougies are scary, guys. They're not here to play for fourth place anymore in the AL East. They're here to play for the division next year, and they're here to play for a wild card this year. So that wraps up my MLB power rankings. So let's move on to let's move on to the uh, the NL East race, guys. This is something I really want to focus on. I'm friends with a lot of Met fans at home, a lot of Met fans at school. I've really grown to find myself rooting for the Mets. Um, I just want to see I want to see Jacob DeGrom in a big spot. I mean, Jacob DeGrom is by far, hands down, best fit pitcher in baseball. There's no question about it. There's no debating it. Um But Zach Scott Guys Met fan, You have to be pissed off What was he doing At the trade deadline We got ho- the, the Mets got Javi bias. That's the answer To our problems Right now Our offensive problems He was gonna Bolster the offense Um The Mets Led By half a game Going into Philly This weekend And they got Embarrassed They got swept By the Phillies Um Bryce Harper, guys, in his last 48 games, 12 homers, 18 doubles, is hitting 339. Watch out, watch out for MVP. If Tatis is out for the rest of the year, Bryce Harper's winning MVP, guys. Good odds for him to win MVP right now in Vegas. But, uh Tatis still be in the favorite? But back to the Mets. If I'm a Mets fan, I am pissed off at Zach Scott. You, you got to look at it this way: the Braves go out, they lose Acuna. They're like, okay, the Braves are probably going to roll over, sell. They'll be back next year. They have no pitching. Blah, 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 no bullpen. The Braves go out and get Jorge Soler. He was hitting 189 before coming to the Braves. sitting 310 with the Braves. They go out and get Adam Duvall. Having a great start with the Braves. They go out and get lefty back Jock Peterson. They have a whole new outfield now, guys. They have a lefty, righty, power, two power righties, and a power lefty. The Braves are above the Mets, guys. They're three games above five hundred. The Mets are only one. They're one game behind the Phillies for the division. And their schedule is a lot easier than the Mets. The Mets have 13 straight games against the... Giants and Dodgers coming up, if I read it correctly the other day. They have no DeGrom. They have no Lindor. Pete Alonso is struggling horribly. Um, Guys, I don't know. I'm scared for the Mets. Uh, I, I don't know how you don't go out if you see the teams. The Mets at the time were above the Phillies and the Braves. All these teams are going out and buying, and the Mets go out. They get a veteran in Rich Hill, who I guess they think is the answer for Jacob DeGrom going down, who we hear might not pitch until September now, which the Mets might be off the ledge by then. And they get Javi Baez, who they gave up their first-round pick for um, their their 2020 first-round pick, I believe it was. Uh, Peter Crow Armstrong, I think his name was. Uh, The Mets, guys, I don't know. I mean, Crosstown Rivals, you see the Yankees go out. They make two huge deals, and they're surging. They're in contention for a playoff spot now. The Mets get knocked out of the playoff spot after the deadline. You see the Brewers locked up their division pretty much. White Sox locking up their division at ten and a half Big offseason move The Giants getting Chris Bryant They're bolstering that offense The J- The Blue Jays coming uh, Guys, I don't know what the, the The thought process behind the Mets was here Okay, to wrap up my Baseball segment here Let's give me I'm going to give you guys my MVP MVP picks for both leagues My Cy Young picks for both league, Both leagues, excuse me And uh Let's get into it. So, for the American League, I think it's pretty obvious. Shohei Otani, 37 home runs, 293, 2.93 ERA. Leading the Angels with no Mike Trout. Guys, the Angels confuse me. They have so much potential. They're sitting at 57-57 right now with no Mike Trout. Keep that in mind. Ten and a half back of the Astros. You got to think if they had Trout in there, I would say they're probably floating around six to seven games out of that division. They're probably buyers at the deadline for pitching because their pitching is horrendous. Uh, Alex Cobb, Dylan Bundy, terrible. I don't. The Angels need pitching. Anthony Rendon going down with a foot injury, I believe it was. Um, uh, Walsh, Jared Walsh has been an unbelievable talent. Iglesias has excelled there. Justin Upton still producing. Uh, Joe Adele has a lot of potential. He's playing now with Trout being out. Uh, guys, the Angels uh, they just frustrate me. But they have such an exciting talent in Otani. I think they make noise next year. I don't think they make the playoffs, but I think they'll probably be like 5 to 10 games over 500. Um, hopefully they get into the playoffs soon with Trout because if the play, if the they won't win that division with the Astros and the Athletics. But I think they can definitely get themselves into a one-game wild card. And let me tell you, with Otani on the mound, Trout in the lineup, Rendon in the lineup, the Angels are not a team that I want to see in a one-game wild card, guys. Look out for them next year. Otani, my AL MVP pick. Moving to the NL. I already mentioned it before. I'm all on his bandwagon. Bryce Harper, guys, he is playing exceptional right now. He is there for Philly. Joe Girardi has been great for him. Um, Philly's scary, guys. He's plus money in Vegas to win MVP. Um, I think he wins MVP. I think Tatis is going to remain out for the rest of the year. Uh, and if he does, I don't know how health. If he doesn't, I don't know how healthy he'll be when he comes back and what his protection will be. Like I said, 339, 12 homers, 18 doubles in his last 48 games. Phillies up on the division by a game. Look out for Bryce, guys. Okay, Cy Young. This is where it gets tricky for me. Um, AL Cy Young. I got Lance Lynn right now winning the Cy Young. But Garrett Cole is a close second. Guys, since the Sticky Stuff crackdown, Garrett Cole has not been the same pitcher. I mean, beginning of this year, he was uh, absolute lock to win the Cy Young. Um, He's plus money in Vegas right now. He... He even said himself, he's trying, He's having problems getting grip on the ball. Don't get me wrong. Garrett Cole, since the Sticky Stuff Crackdown, did throw that 129-pitch complete game against the Astros. He's been lackluster against the Red Sox. He had one good start for six innings that got rained out. And he got the win in. He went to Boston twice and kind of got shelled. Uh, I need to see more out of Garrett Cole. I need to see what he does when he comes back from the I.L. and see if he can become that old Garrett Cole from the Astros and lead the Yankees to a... Uh, a postseason run here guys he's going to be on the mound for that one game wild card you know once the yankees get him back and they get Luis severino back i think they'll make noise but right now lance lynn and uh his teammate Carlos rendon is having an unbelievable year he's close third for me but i think lance lynn is the uh, undoubted undoubtedly going to be the cy young winner this year for the nl cy young guys i got it as a two-person race right now i got it between zach wheeler of the phillies and walker bueller of the dodgers both have just been so brilliant this year uh, this goes without saying, if DeGrom was healthy, it would uh, undoubtedly be him, but he's just been hurt all year. I mean, he comes back, he pitches three or four games, he throws seven shutout innings, 15 strikeouts, lets up two hits, and uh, then he gets hurt. He goes on a 10-day DL. You know, he's shut down until September, they're saying. Um, he's not really going to, I don't even know if he'll qualify for it, but uh, Walker Bueller and Zach Bueller have been awesome to watch this year. Uh, both are in the middle of pennant races, so they're going to step up their game. Uh, as a slight favorite, I think I have Bueller right now. I think I'm going to have Bueller come out on top for me. I believe Wheeler is favorited right now in Vegas over Bueller. But uh, I got Walker Bueller taking the NL Cy Young from you guys. But uh, we'll see. It's going to be exciting to watch. A lot of close races for awards this year. Um, we'll see where it takes us. All right, gentlemen, boys, and girls, let's uh, let's transition over to football right around the corner. Uh, Defending champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, looking to repeat. Tom Brady looking for what? Ring number 15, 16, 17? Uh, It's going to be an exciting year. I'm not going to do any power rankings or anything like that. It's a little too early. Uh, I want to see what happens with injuries, preseason, stuff like that. Um, But I will give you, and this is going to cause a lot of controversy, my top 10 quarterbacks heading into the year for week one. For number one. I have Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is my pick for MVP this year. I think it's undoubtedly, uh, you know, he's going to be healthy. No more foot injury, toe injury, whatever it was in the Super Bowl. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to come out. They're going to win 17, 18 games. Um, I think they'll drop a game or two, stupid games. Um, You know, he's a generational talent. Highest paid player in football. We'll see what happens. Number two, Aaron Rodgers of the Pack. Uh, A lot of controversy with Rodgers, obviously, where's he going to play, blah, blah, blah. If you know me, and a lot of my close friends do, I told you Rodgers was going to stay the whole time. Devontae Adams is going to stay the whole time. They'll be the top duo in football again. Rodgers will be up there for MVP consideration again behind Mahomes. Uh, The Packers will make it to the playoffs. They'll win one game and then probably get throat stomped by the Buccaneers or someone in the playoffs again because they can't win a playoff game. A big playoff game, I should say. Uh, I don't see them being any threat. I don't. I don't see Rogers being any threat to Brady again in the NFC. Um, you know, we'll see. I, I'll. I don't want to get too much into what I think of the teams right now. But uh, Rogers is number two for me. Number three. A lot of people are gonna like this. A lot of people are gonna hate this. I have Brady, Tom Brady. I mean, how can you hate on the guy? He's forty-something at this point. He's playing for one of the best all-around teams in football. I will say that. But again, I don't want to get too much into the teams. He's got endless weapons again. They pretty much brought back everyone. Uh, I think Brady will excel again. You know, his second year in that offense with Bruce Arians, we saw a lot of struggles in the early weeks, but towards the end of the year in the playoffs, you know, they picked it right up. So uh, Brady is my number third quarterback. Now this is where it gets interesting. A lot of people have those top three are kind of solid. Maybe change the order a little bit. Some might have Brady above Rogers, Rogers above Brady, whatever it might be. This is where it kind of gets difficult and everyone disagrees. Uh, I got some bold picks in here, but we'll see what we'll see what everyone thinks and what the response is. Number four. Josh Allen. Josh Allen to me is exceptional. This dude is so fun to watch. He'll run through your linebacker. He'll throw a 50-yard bomb over your cornerback's head. Whatever you, whatever you want, whatever you need. Josh Allen does it all. Uh, great leader, lively arm, can throw the ball 80 yards, can run 40 yards. I mean, this guy's awesome. Uh, great leader of that team. Uh, a lot of good weapons. I think the Bills are dangerous again this year. But we'll touch upon that in the next episode. Number five, Russell Wilson. Uh, I think mean, Russell Wilson story of his life has been where is his offensive line he just never has an offensive line he's always creating and uh, playmaking by himself you know he finally found his number one in DK Metcalf he looks like a legit number one he's got great supporting pieces so I think he'll have another good year tough division that year with the 49ers the uh, Rams good defenses he's going to be facing and even the Cardinals now they got JJ Waz a pass rusher so uh, every time he has an interdivision division game, he's going to have someone like Donald or Bosa or Watt running at him. So uh, I still see a great year for Wilson. A lot of people like to hate on him and the Seahawks, but he's going to excel again. Uh, this one I kind of have an asterisk next to. Number six, I have Deshaun Watson. I don't know what's happening with Deshaun Watson. Is he playing or is he not? Uh, I don't want to get into his um, sexual assault cases and stuff like that. That's not what we do here. But as a football player, I know Deshaun... Uh, if he plays and he leaves the Texans, he'll be one of the top quarterbacks in the league, but that's all I'm going to leave it at. I don't really want to touch too much upon that. Um, number seven, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is proven to be a top elite quarterback. I think he still has a lot of throwing issues. I think he needs to run the ball a lot less, but I, I, what I will say is he's in the perfect system for him. I mean, Baltimore is a heavy-running offense. Uh, They can run the option. They can run triple option. What do they need to do. Uh, I think he still struggles throwing the ball downfield. It gives me concerns. I don't like them when they're losing games because that means Deshaun – or not Deshaun, excuse me. Lamar has to throw the ball. But uh, he's up there. You have to give the guy credit. He's 10-5 against winning teams since coming into the league. Um, We'll see what happens with Deshaun – I keep saying Deshaun, excuse me, with uh, Lamar this year in the Ravens. Number eight, this one I love. I think he is a sneaky MVP pick for this year also. Keep that in mind. This is, not, this is, what, week one of preseason coming up soon? And I'm giving you this golden nugget. Matthew Stafford, number eight for me on my list. I think he is going to have an MVP year. Him and Sean McVay are going to excel. And I think the Rams are forced to be reckoned with. Jared Goff is horrible. I think Matthew Stafford finally is what the Rams need. He could throw the ball downfield. Doesn't matter if they're winning or losing. He's a smart guy. A lot of experience. He's got a lot of good weapons over there. Great defense to back him. Watch out for Matthew Stafford and Charlie McVay this year, guys. Number 9. This one I also have an asterisk against. uh, I don't know how I feel about it, but Arthur Smith and Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's number 9 for me. I think they're going to go well together. Calvin Ridley is going to be a number 1 this year with no more Julio. And uh, Kyle Pitts, guys. Kyle Pitts is a generational talent, a tight end. I mean, if you watch his college highlights and his college games, he's exceptional. Uh, I think he'll be a lot similar not not similar not comparing them yet guys i'm just saying the body build and the player himself to tony gonzalez for matt ryan so i think uh i think he's gonna fall in love with kyle pitts kyle pitts will have an exceptional year calvin ridley should succeed he had a pretty good year last year uh i think the falcons will have no they'll have another great offensive year but defensively they're still a crap show number 10 a lot of people might not have him this high yet i know a lot of people have him sitting around 15 14 justin herbert guys he is awesome to watch i mean he reminds me a lot of Mahomes. Uh, he has a lively arm. He's a big body. He'll run through you. He'll throw the ball 70 yards over your forehead. And uh, the Chargers are going to be scary this year. Um, Keenan Allen, stuff like that. Uh, well, I don't want to talk too much about the team specifically, but we'll get all into that soon. But that's my top 10. Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, and Justin Herbert. All right, guys, that's it for the uh, power rankings for the quarterbacks uh, preseason-wise. So I'm going to touch upon one or two more things here, and then we're going to wrap up the first episode. I hope you're all enjoying it so far. So big UFC news. Uh, A couple weeks ago, obviously, I had to touch on it because he's the biggest star in the sport. Conor McGregor breaks his leg in round one against Dustin Poirier. Guys, on the scorecards, two of the judges had a 10-9 Poirier, and one even had a 10-8 Poirier. I could see the 10 nines. I agree that Poirier won that round. You know, he had Connor in the clinch against the fence. Connor uh, went to slip guillotine against a black belt jiu jitsu artist. I don't get that decision. I, what I think it was, I think Connor gassed out again. Uh, he found himself in a position he couldn't get out of, so he pulled guillotine. He had it locked in for maybe five seconds, but Dustin slipped to the side, got himself an airway, and then eventually broke off. Connor slipped, only having one arm on it. Um,. I don't know what's next for Connor, guys. Uh, Connor will come back probably middle to late next year, I'm assuming. Uh, he's going to need a lot of time to heal and build his leg back up and stuff. Uh, he comes out on TikTok the other, or, or whatever. It was TikTok or wherever he posted the video Instagram the other day. He says, My doctor tells me I have a titanium rod running down from my knee to my foot. It's indestructible. Uh, he's unbelievable, guys. But uh, a lot of rumors thrown around that maybe Aldo bumps up to 155 now that he's on a little win streak. And they have that rematch because he deserves it after getting KO'd after 13 seconds. Uh, obviously, the Diaz triology is always there. I don't know what's going to happen with Poirier versus Oliveira for the title. I mean, Poirier should fight him, but Poirier it doesn't seem like he wants that fight. It, he seems like he's more interested in fighting McGregor for a fourth time. Obviously, that fight's there. Um, I don't know. They're looking for a rebound fight, maybe. Uh, all the rumors that he wants. I don't think he'll ever fight Jake Paul, but the rumors are always going to be there. I mean, Jake Paul's 190 pounds, soaking wet guys. Uh, Conor McGregor's 155 natural. He sits at like 165, 170 when he's not cutting. So we'll see what's next for him. Uh, a lot of exciting UFC news. And Ganu has Gagne as a new challenger, former training partners. We'll see what happens there. Uh, I think the fight to make for John Jones is Stipe. Stipe versus John Jones, I think it's the fight everyone wants to see. I know everyone wanted Ngannou with John Jones versus John Jones, but the numbers aren't there with the UFC and whoever the weight, whatever. You know, it's the numbers game with these guys now. You know Dana White, the rumors are he doesn't pay them enough. I love Dana White; I think he's an awesome guy. He'll make what happen. He'll make the fights happen. He'll make what's best for the fans, but best for the UFC. Um, and that's it, guys. A uh, couple too quick. I'm not going to get into them. Uh, Notes on the NBA. Point guard news Westbrook to the Lakers. Uh, I don't get it. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, the Lakers' problem, LeBron's always complaint is I need a point guard that could shoot the ball. He had Kyrie Irving and stuff like that. He left there. Um, Westbrook is a terrible three point shooter. Yeah, he's explosive. He fits LeBron's play style. Uh, he'll be a good leader for the offense to command the point. I think you got two triple double hunting guys in Westbrook and LeBron. I don't know how that's going to work out. Apparently they said they're going to put their egos aside and do what's best to win a championship. I don't believe it. Anthony Davis is still the best player on that team. Uh, I wish the Lakers the best, but I don't think Westbrook's the perfect fit there. Um, The NBA is going to be interesting. I don't know. The Nets are a mess. I don't get the whole superstar thing. It's just a superstar league. I think it's a knock on everyone's legacy. I hate the NBA now, but we'll see. Uh, My Knicks over there, Kemba. Kemba Walker, back to Madison Square Garden. Cardiac Kemba. I love it. You know, Julius Randle struggled in the postseason. He's a star of that team. He had a, The Knicks just got a very good uh, team-friendly deal done. But, um, you know, I don't know. With Randle, sorry, I've lost my train of thought there. Uh, I think Kemba's a great fit for them. Hopefully Barrett starts to succeed a little more quick. The Rookies and stuff like that. Um, we'll see what happens with the Knicks. I like the signing of Kemba. Guys, I want to thank you all for listening. If you stuck with me this whole entire way, we're about 35 minutes in. We're going to try to keep the episodes around this length, maybe get a little longer, Um, once once we have more stuff to talk about. It's a quick rundown of things, what we're going to do here, what we're about here, who I am. So, if you follow, if you go to Instagram and you follow the Real Time Sports on Instagram, you can follow and DM me, that would be awesome. If you DM me any questions, I will feature them on the next episode. Any questions that you ask me, I will try to answer in the next episode. Um, If you want them to be private, I can answer them in DMs, but if not... I will feature them here. I will give you a shout out, and uh, guys, this has been awesome. Thank you for listening. If you stuck with me the whole way, like I said, uh, I will post when the next episode is coming out. Thank you so much. Follow the Real Time Sports on Instagram. Follow Dominic underscore Corella excuse me. Follow Dominic underscore Corella thirteen on Instagram. This episode is on Spotify. Be sure to follow and subscribe. Be sure to follow Instagram. Thank you so much, guys. Take care.